Hey, I'm Andrea. And I'm Rami. And you're listening to What the Health. Alright, so today's episode is obviously going to be a little bit different. We are going off the script. Script goodbye. And you know what, I am kind of like a little bit nervous about this because, you know, chaos can basically unfold, but you know what, we're just going to take it one step at a time. But today, we're going to talk a little bit about stigmas and mental health. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell me, Rami, when you think of mental health and stigmas, what are like some thoughts that come to your mind? I mean, I think whenever I think about stigma, I think that it's something bad, right? And you know, mental health is one of these kind of topics that right now a lot of people are bringing a lot of awareness to. But, you know, there's still a lot of stigma that's still going on around mental health, you know, and I think the most obvious one for me is that people still are not that comfortable talking about it, perhaps with close family and friends. And and there's this situation where there's an intergenerational gap between who you can talk to and who you can't about your mental health. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I definitely feel more comfortable talking to friends about like any sort of anxiety episodes that I might have had because they just get it. I mean, not only because they're friends, of course, but they also understand like the same problems that I'm probably going through as well. Um, But you're right. I mean, stigma is basically unfavorably looking upon a certain subject or a certain person. And that obviously can present a lot of barriers, especially when it comes to mental health. So... Just to give you a huge number, because we love numbers here, (laughs) basically 970 million people are affected by mental illnesses. Yeah, big number. Yet we're still talking about stigmas that affect these people. So there's such a huge number of people that are affected by this, but we can't seem to like find common ground to start breaking those stereotypes and like really unpacking those stigmas. Yeah, and I think, you know, one of the things is also just the variety of cultures that exist in the world and their perspective on mental health, but also the circulation of information, right? I think that, you know, there may be 970 million people who have mental illnesses, but maybe they're not even equipped with the terminology or the wording or, you know, the the tools to be able to even talk about it. So for me, for example, I moved to the U.S. when I was about 18. And before that, I would never be able to describe to you what is depression. So there's a big, you know, difference between countries in how the conversation even happens and how the children are raised to think about people who have mental illnesses. No, yeah, of course. And you know what? Unfortunately, these conversations come in a little bit too late. It's not until you're actually going through some sort of mental health crisis that you start understanding or you start wanting to learn more about like what's happening in your life. Yeah, and I mean, if when, when you put it like that, you know, one thing that really strikes me is uh, it's very similar to throwing somebody into an emergency department and telling them like, oh, this is the vein. Like, you know, you're trying to teach them on the spot <laughs> when they're not going to be able to really, you know, do something about it. Um, so I think that proactiveness is one of the many things that, you know, can really come out of this. I don't know, like for you, when you reflect when you were a little bit younger, like before, you know, this topic became a little bit bigger in social media and and everything, did you ever think about it? Did your parents ever bring it up for you? I mean, 
I kind of have a complicated history, especially when it comes to mental health. But basically, like, mental health wasn't so much of a new topic, especially for me, because, like, my family and I, like, we went to family psychologists for, like, different personal reasons, right? So I was really, in one sense, like, I was kind of grateful for that experience because it did kind of put me in touch with, like, those mental health issues that can come up, right? And so... I was really grateful for that experience, but I know like a lot of people don't have that and mental health is is still a very new topic for a lot of people to talk about. And like, especially in our age, like being part of this young community, we're still like unfolding and like really trying to understand our feelings. And sometimes those feelings are really overwhelming and it's not just like us feeling too much or us just feeling sad, like it actually might be related to another mental health issue. Um, But sometimes like, we don't know how to recognize that. So yes, of course, when we're younger, we don't have those tools, but I don't think we have those tools now either. Yeah, and I think, you know, this this brings up a different type of stigma when I think about it, and that's kind of like self-stigma. So when people don't have, you know, the tools to, to go through that journey of overcoming their mental, like, kind of illness, um, there is this feeling of of being stuck of not being able to move i don't know like what what's your opinion on that like what's self-stigma for you when you think about it no yeah definitely i mean like i think there's just this um general feeling of shame it sounds awful saying it out loud but you just feel like (laughs) you feel a little bit embarrassed and you're like well they these are my feelings right this is something that i should be able to control or this is something that i should be able to manage because at the end of the day like you are you are the person that is like having those emotions you are the person that like should be able to understand at least themselves however that's not possible in some cases and so the minute that you start seeing that you're not able to control your own emotions or you don't understand yourself it's hard to take that step and like accepting that there might be an issue and then it might be an even more difficult step into trying to find the help that you need i think one of the things that come to my mind when you say, you know, being able to ask for help. When you feel that level of disconfidence almost, you have reduced hope, you have lower self-esteem. And, you know, statistics say that it's about 14.3% of deaths worldwide are attributed to mental illnesses. And so to a certain extent, not being able to ask for help actually leads to these gross numbers of people who die not because they don't want to ask for help but because maybe they can't no definitely and you know what like we're working on a couple of mental health projects and generations for health and like i see this number right i see this number 970 million people but i think that it's a lot more if you really think about it i think it's a lot more because people haven't gotten to that step of actually recognizing and searching for help right so we might say 970 million now but It might be millions that are undiagnosed, right? Correct. Exactly. And it's just something that it's kind of scary to think about because like as someone who has gone through a couple of mental health uh, issues herself, like if you don't have the help that's available, it becomes like a very difficult situation to navigate on your own. And so, I mean, I know that there are a lot of barriers present and I know that help is like, is not affordable and it's one of those things where it's like you either have to, sometimes you even have to choose between like your own livelihood, your own survival, or like actually getting the medical help you need. And it's just difficult in general. 
But do you think that there's this institutional setup to make it difficult? Because, you know, I think that we've talked about at least two different types of stigma, right? Like public and self-stigma. But what you're, what you're talking about is there's 970 million individuals who are affected by mental illnesses and many millions more undiagnosed. So is it like this institutional stigma that's locking us at this rate, you know, at, that we're not able to advance, that we're not able to like break that glass ceiling? So, I mean, I think we got to like break it down a little bit and let's talk about institutional stigma. Like what is that in general, right? So basically when I think of institutional stigma, I think of like the societal norms or like the institutional norms that like basically allow us to live our lives. So like our jobs, our families, like basically our day to day. Um, And of course, like I think that the way that we envision our life or the way that we envision like our society and how it works, like we have to be a certain way. And so you're kind of forced to be mentally healthy, even though you're actually not, because it's kind of a way of like coping with the issues too, as well. No. So I don't know. I mean, like this is obviously a problem and it's obviously, it could lead to like toxic behaviors. Can I say that? But just take a look at this, for example, like 300,000 individuals with mental health issues lose their jobs. And that basically kind of ties in a little bit to what I said, as in like, we're not able to function properly. And like, these are the consequences of not acknowledging the problem. And those 300,000, right, are just also in the UK. Like, we're, we're just even talking about one country. And so, you know, for Egypt, for example, you it's very unlikely for you to go off and get married um, if you have that problem right and if you're not able to find the tools and find the people to to help you overcome it and so i think that to a certain extent you know beyond familial beyond you yourself and how you view yourself in the mirror you know and 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 how you talk to yourself there's this larger setting that you exist in that to a certain extent influences your relationship with your mental illness. Yeah, no, definitely. And like, these are just things that we're gonna have to learn to work through because like mental health thankfully is becoming more of a popular topic and it's becoming more research and we're trying to to find ways to have people live healthier lives, especially like with their own mental well-being, which is something that thankfully um, we're actually recognizing is an issue. So. Some solutions that we can probably use in order to like work through all of this is just being open and talking about mental health in general, right? Just acknowledging that you're not okay, opening those spaces with your friends that probably aren't feeling well either. And just being honest about like going to therapy, taking meds, like it's all okay because there are a lot of people in the same place as you. There are a lot of people doing the same thing as you. And the minute that we start like taking away the taboo aspect out of it, that's when we start progressing and we start normalizing these things. So what do you think, Rami? What are some other things that we can do to, to solve these issues? You know, I think one of the things that really come to my mind is this idea of, you know, equalizing between physical and mental health. Because a lot of the times people tell you, you know, be fit. Like it's okay to be, you know, crazy about working out or, you know, to be able to really focus on that. But why is it not equally as important or as equally as acceptable to just 
sit, relax, reflect, and take your time like to go see therapists or to go talk to people about things. And I think, you know, with that comes a certain level of being able to educate yourself about not just the topic that's affecting you, but also others that you can be an advocate for. Yes, definitely. I mean, like, educating yourself is probably the first step that you should take, right? <laughs> Because, like, all of these things are so new and, like, we don't know what it means to, like, for example, have anxiety or have bipolar disorder or have schizophrenia, like... Um, we have this conception of them, of course, because like that's what we've seen in movies, which is awful. Like, please do not take your mental health references from movies <laughs> or sitcoms. <laughs> or sitcoms. So, like, um, I feel like we also have to do our part, and we have to like deconstruct what we think we know, and relearn what we actually have to know, right? Especially when it comes to mental health disorders. And part of like educating yourself is also like learning how to address these problems in an appropriate manner and like using that language um that doesn't marginalize someone or have someone feel uncomfortable for like feeling the way that they're feeling right and um just letting others know like maybe your family members or your friends like hey let's just try to be conscious of like what are some topics that we might talk about in front of certain people or what are some some things that we we need to avoid in order to have someone feel to feel comfortable Um, so yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, words matter and, and we have to also make sure that everybody feels comfortable in social settings. And on that note, I think we're preparing for an upcoming event about mental health, actually. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. So remember I said like a couple minutes ago that we were actually preparing all these really great events for like related to mental health. Well, We are actually creating a mental health conference and it's actually called Mentalizate. And Mentalizate is basically going to be a space that's really safe, that's really close, that basically anybody that wants to participate can participate. And it's going to be all about mental health. It's going to be have And all in Spanish. Yes, and it's going to be all in Spanish. Ironically, we're talking about it in English, but yes, we are going to have it all in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to talk about topics like basically the state of mental health in places like Spain, in countries in Latin America. And we want to go ahead and like highlight some possible resources that some of our attendees might might be might have access to. So yeah, I mean it's just gonna be a lot of fun. So if you're interested, just stick close to our Instagram account. And if you're interested in telling us something about the podcast, you can email us at generationsforhealth at gmail.com. All right, friends. Well, hopefully this wasn't too chaotic for you, and we hope you got some good nuggets out of it. Woo! <laughs> anyway, stay safe, everyone. And stay healthy. <laughs>